The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Well, Eno, you want to change your playoff predictions after the A's have won their first two games? <laughs> huh? You want to backtrack? I uh, love spring training. <laughs> Balls are flying. Everybody's good. It's uh, it's still pretty cold. I can tell you we were down there. Uh, Wendy, don't you leave this week? Yeah, I'm going to Florida, though. Oh, that's back in your, you used to live in Florida, right? As they say on the yeah, East Coast. Lived a little bit over there. But uh, yeah, I'm going to West Palm Beach, Jupiter, Fort Myers, Bradenton, Clearwater. Yeah. Well, I've never done the Grapefruit League. Like, I understand what people say, but for you, as someone who knows Arizona and Florida, what's the biggest difference in the spring training homes of the Florida teams versus Arizona? Uh, uh, from a, like, uh, attending and covering perspective, uh, everything's far apart. So there's a lot more driving, um, from, uh, facility standpoint, some of those facilities are older, uh, you know, generally Arizona, those, those facilities are younger and better, better off, you know? So some of those facilities and, uh, in Arizona, since there's, there are newer facilities, uh, what you have is the minor league facilities are pretty tight with the major league ones. It's all like a big complex, yes. you know? Um, and so you can go and like in Arizona, it's pretty cool. You can go pretty easily to the backfields and just watch the prospects, you know, without, you know, having to pay or having special access, you know? Um, whereas in Florida, a lot of times, because they were built at different times, you'll have like a minor league complex. That's a couple miles down the road from the, the major league one. Ew. So it's so it's not as easy to like do the backfields thing. Well, we've seen it for the past couple of days, and the first thing that just stands out is how fast some of these games are going. When you're seeing two thirty-seven, two seventeen, two twenty, when the average game in Major League Baseball was three oh four last year, and normally spring training games because you're going to pitch a bazillion guys and you're going to pinch hit a bazillion guys. Usually spring training games can be like four hours. I mean, they take forever by the end of the game. I'll never forget one of my favorites, the Dodgers. The A's were taking on the Dodgers. This was a spring training, I think, right before we shut down COVID or the year before. I was standing down the – I went to the food trucks, and I'm just eating, standing up down the left field line, and the Dodgers had on base, the bases loaded, two number 88s and an 89. Two eighty-eights and an eighty-nine. It was like, what do we got? A wide receiver core out here? I mean, not one eighty-eight, but two eighty-eight. So usually those games are pretty long. So I mean, what what do you think so far? Of the new rules? There was a lot of belly aching yesterday because of the Red Sox game ending on a on a violation. I tried to. Uh, tweet out something i've said here which is that uh early on in the implementation of these rules in the minor leagues they did have you know three violations a game or two plus violations a game but that you know about five weeks in they had they had it down to a half a violation per game and i was trying to say you know don't 
freak out now you know like this is them getting used to it and i think we're seeing that we watch the games you're still seeing a few violations you're still seeing people getting used to it it's harder on the batters you know there's more violations on the batters than there are on the pitchers but i do think that this will uh relax and we won't be seeing as many violations that's that's one thing in terms of uh gameplay like it is a little bit different you have to watch more now you know, like baseball is, I think, for some people, a thing that they put on and they do other things. <laughs> and now it's more of a sport that you actually have to watch because there's a lot less standing around. And I think that's uh, going to be a hard transition for some people that uh, don't that have baseball is a very sort of melancholic kind of like slow paced game in their head. And this is going to be different. But I think like in the end you kind of want a sport that you watch you know so i think it's i think it's good for the sport i think you know i liked it when i went as a fan uh to high a games and um i so far i've just noticed that it's i I have it on when i work and i feel like i have to watch it more and i'm like wait i have to work though too (laughs) well it's moving the game game again is moving just like you watch you watch other sports right and with the clocks in football, you're forced to snap the ball. Basketball, you got to get it past half court. Then you got to shoot it by a certain point. Hockey, got to throw the damn ball. Hockey, got to throw the damn ball. The you puck, know, the puck's going all over the place in hockey, right? There's always yeah. action, and we lost that in baseball. It's going to come back now to where, as you said, you got to pay attention because there's now going to always be something going on, and it's much easier to make a commitment to say, "I'm watching this for two hours and twenty minutes." Versus watching it for three hours and forty minutes, a lot of easier. Well, it's three for hours and forty minutes, you're doing other things. <laughs> you got to be, you got to have it on for four hours, then you're going to be doing other things. You got to cook dinner, got to clean up the dishes, you got to do whatever. You can't just sit in one place for four hours. At least I can't. I have kids. <laughs> well, and, and something I brought up, you know, I was watching this game last night between the Mets and the Nats, and you just started seeing. And I know Keith Hernandez and Ron Darling were talking about it. What they're seeing so far is you're seeing ground ball hits. Now, David Forrest said, well, you know, it's spring training. We'll do, yes, but defenses can change a little bit, and we'll start. But but still, something that you didn't see, ground ball hits. We're are, I mean, if we're already seeing it now, and this is a small sample size, as everybody likes to say, going to be interesting to just see how not only ground ball hits, but to really see defenders, let's see again range matter. Let's see who's got range, who are the shortstops and second basemen, who are great athletes, who's got range at the corners. Seeing that again, I think, is going to be a lot of a lot of fun. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think so far I've enjoyed, uh, you know, uh, seeing more hits. Uh, you know, stolen bases are up. Uh, uh, stolen bases are up. Um 25% stolen base attempts, 25, 30%. So we are seeing more stolen bases. I don't think it's early returns and looking at my league numbers suggest that we're not maybe going to see someone steal 70 because of these new rules, but that a lot of the guys who steal five might steal 10, um, you know, five steal eight, you know, so we're going to see a lot more sort of eight to 15 type stealers. I think that's fine. I I just, I I like the stolen base. I think it's a fun game. I think some of this is just trying to get back to what the game used to be. You know what I mean? Like people are are mad because the clock is something new. And yes, it's, hasn't been a clock sport, 
However, the game has gotten slower and slower and slower and slower and slower over time. We're trying, like, there's, to some extent, we're trying to get back to the days of Vince Coleman and, like, you know, people, you have actually athletic defenders on the field. The ball is in play more. They have to make those plays, diving stops, triples, you know, uh, stolen bases. A lot of that stuff went out of the game when they, when, you know, it got, it, it got scienced up, you know, and I, I understand that, you know, analytics had a little part in that, but. Um, you know, I think I think this is a, a good way to try and get back to uh, the way it was. Well, David Forrest has always said, you tell me what the rules are and then we'll figure out a team to compete in those rules. So when you said science up, they were competing inside the rules. Now that the rules have changed, they're, they're all smart guys. They're going to figure out new rules, new ways to win, new tricks it, it, it's good for the game to have the change to make where in life is not being at a better pace. Everything when you're at a good, I'm not saying crazy, like we're in a sprint, but just a better pace. We're at a better pace and anything. There is nothing worse than that slow drawn out movie that after three hours and 20 minutes, you said, ah, they could have cut out about 20 minutes in that everything, whether it's a concert, anything in the entertainment business, a better pace makes for better entertainment. Yeah, I'm doing. I, yeah, I think it. Is, I think it is. It's just uh, you know, you know that we all lost attention span uh, when uh, when uh, the iPhone came out. They've actually looked at this. <laughs> Did they? The iPhone came out. All of us, adults and kids, have lost attention span. <laughs> Not a good thing. Not a no. good thing. <laughs> but uh, I was trying to look and see if batting average on ground balls is up, and uh, it isn't yet uh, for left-handers. But I do think over the course of the season. Another thing that's going to be interesting is a lot of these uh, rule changes will have a, an aggregate effect, but we may not see it on the player level as much. Like I'm saying, you know, if somebody used to steal four bases and steal six bases, that's a 50% increase, you know, yeah. but you know, for that one player, it's like, okay, two extra stolen bases, no big deal. Um, and so I think we're going to see a few extra hits for a lot of people. And you add that up across baseball, it means a lot. But on the player level, it won't it won't change. It won't make a player a 70 stolen base guy out of nowhere. It won't make a lefty pull hitter all of a sudden have a 330 average when he used to be a 230 guy. You know, it's it's not on that level. It's going to be it's going to be baseball like you knew it before, uh, just more of it and more of it. When I say it was more baseball, it's more of doing things versus the standing around. You know, if there's a ratio of doing things to standing around, we're going to have more doing things. <laughs> You know, one advantage that a salary cap sport has is that you don't have to talk about the salary cap constantly. Like, we know at a certain point toward at the end of training camp, the NFL has to be a certain number of players. They have to be under the cap, and then that's it. And then once we hit week one, week three, week six, week 10, 12, whatever, playoffs, you never hear about the salary cap again. You don't talk about it. like in the yeah. NBA, NBA, you'll hear a little bit of talk about going over the tax, but it's not something with our sport because we don't have a, a cap. All we hear about is money constantly. And now it's Manny Machado signs. And now, all right, who's the next free agents and Otani and who's going to be the next guy? And blah, blah, blah. Uh, it gets it. I hate that we have to do it, but it's a big part of our sport. What I, What I'm starting to wonder is it's fine now. 
But about five, six years from now, you're going to have some of these teams, they're going to have late 30s guys, not on PEDs, making huge money, and they're going to have a bunch of these guys. So these contracts seem all fun now, but when you start, <laughs> but when you start talking about and I was just seeing between the Mets and the Padres, I mean, it's well over a billion dollars they have committed for a long period of time. These guys are all get older. I mean, it's got New York, okay, San Diego. If this owner, for some reason, something happens to him and his heirs or whoever takes over the team next is not into spending their personal wealth, and you're six years down the road, and yet, man, I got a bunch of guys who are 36, 37, 38, making crazy money. This has potential for disaster. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, you know, I think the Mets is a slightly different situation. If you just look at terms of le- long length of deals, they've kind of uh, kept it. You know, they've spent a lot, but a, a lot of their money is in shorter deals. You know, the the Lindor is there pretty much their only kind of 10-year deal situation. Um, where uh, it, the craziest thing about the Padres is they now have three guys signed for 10 years uh, at 30 million a year, basically. They have oh. three $300 million guys. So that, that's, that's basically you're talking about, okay, we're going to have 90 million tied up in three guys. You know, the, the flip shot is what is the luxury tax going to look like, you know, in 10 years and how healthy is the sport going to be? And, um, you know, you put that in with this recent news of uh, the uh, valleys going bankrupt <laughs> and, uh, you know, you're kind of like there's going to be some short term pain from this no matter what. I mean, that's what the commissioner is saying. That's what all the pieces are saying. If you, there's a lot of coverage on the athletic about it, but if you, if you, if you think about it, they're going to go from getting a nice, easy paycheck of like, you know, whatever it is, sometimes 50, 60, $70 million a year from their local, uh, their local cable uh, channel. Right. And they're going to lose that. They're going to just lose that. Uh, now, maybe the bet is, uh, A, I don't care about the long term. I just want to win. There could be some aspect of that. Uh, or B, uh, the, sh- the long-term outcome may be better for baseball. It's possible that if baseball teams sell their own direct video to their own wa- their own viewers, uh, that there might be a- economies of scale and-, and-, and just make it easier for them, right? They might be able to do it directly uh, and inter- in- in- interact with their fans directly. There may be more money for them that they can they can squeeze out of it um but uh i think in the short term it's gonna be painful so they, you know signing like three guys to 300 million dollar contracts i know one's 280 whatever but three 300 million dollar contract guys at the same time that the sport is about to face uh some some real issues from the cable thing and in fact i think we're gonna hear a lot more about expansion uh, with when this ca- if these cable if this cable company dies like if Valley's dies I think we're gonna hear a lot more about exp- expansion because expansion gives you money in every every owner gets a big paycheck when there's an expansion team on the table so what you could do is say hey let's do expansion real quick you know in the short term while we're figuring out how to better leverage our video content and and maybe at the we come out the other end and there's fewer blackouts and you could just get the A's and just I want to watch the A's. I don't have to buy the whole cable thing. I don't watch anything else on cable. I just want the A's. And you can have a direct relationship with the A's. We're like, here's my money. I want to watch you on TV. Don't black me out. You know? Yeah. It's so uh, there could be that relationship coming in the future. And uh, to pat ourselves on the back, 
Sounds like something. Yeah, I mean, sounds, that's what you did with your radio, right? Sounds like something like Ace Cast, right? It's, it's, yeah, exactly. It, it's yeah. what we've been telling all of you, what we've been doing. We're at the forefront. This is the future. The future is not, as you mentioned, that's like 19 Bally's team, 19 teams associated with Bally's going bankrupt, and we don't know what the league's going to do. Then the news came out while we were in Arizona. We haven't even talked about this that AT&T and Disney, they want out of these RSNs. That's four more teams that are connected to AT&T. So you're talking 23 of your 30 teams got a cable problem. Yeah, that's bad. And and it's funny because we had just a really good offseason in terms of spending. I mean, was that, you know, coming back from COVID, having like thinking we're going to have a attendance boost or was it the patches, you know, the patches are mean money for for teams, you know, but there was a pretty good offseason spending. So, you know, put these things together, maybe teams are are happy about this in the long run and and think it'll be fine, but um yeah, it's going to be tough for some teams right now and uh, they're looking at a post-cable world. I personally, in my house, uh, finally cut the cable, and uh, the the savings were immense. I, like I'm serious. Like just going to Hulu, and I don't mean to be an ad or anything, but just going to Hulu and AT&T Fiber, I'm saving like $150 a month. Well, I mean, that's a lot. If Hulu wants to advertise on A's Cast or AT&T Fiber, they are welcome to come advertise here on A's Cast and A's Cast Live. All right, so when you head off to Florida, and you're going to hit Arizona too, right? I don't know. All right, if you just do Florida, what is the key thing for you when you go to a spring training and you check out a team? What are you looking for, and what are the signs that you normally see where you go, I like what's going on here. And then there's the other signs going, uh oh, danger, danger. This is going to be a bad year. Yeah. You know, your comment about jersey numbers, there might actually be a simple way uh, to kind of gauge how close your team is to competition, which is uh, how high are the jersey numbers in the first three innings? Right. Because if, if they're really high in the first three innings, you this is a team that's just trying to figure it out. They're just being like, I don't know. We're just got a bunch of guys and we got to figure it out. Right. <laughs> it's like an off- like- it's like an offensive line. 76, yeah, exactly. 78, you got the offensive line out there. 62. Trouble, <laughs> um, you know, I don't know. I, the this is going to be such a rough spring training. I think I'm just going to be looking at like which teams seem to have talked about it before and seem prepped for it and seem ready for it. Obviously, the Red Sox, you know, I watched their other game and I'm watching today and they're still getting they're still getting infractions. So, like, I think maybe the Red Sox weren't n- number one out in front on these rule changes. Uh, but there's some other teams that, uh, you know, I, I know, for example, that when Shohei Otani, he was he's he's slow and, you know, in terms of clock pace. And I know that when he was throwing um, in the offseason, uh, he was he had a pitch clock. You know, he had a pitch clock on his like on his live AB type throws, you know, so he uh, he he was he was aware of it. Kenley Jansen on the Red Sox found out that he is the slowest reliever in, or the slowest pitcher in baseball in terms of uh, clock pace. And he found out in spring training from the TV. He saw himself on MLB Network and said, oh, I got to clean that up. So I don't know what the Sox are doing, but they have wow. not prepared their guys. <laughs> no I mean, one called Kenley over the offseason and said, hey, can you throw a pitch clock, throw through a pitch clock a little bit over the offseason? 
You know, it doesn't shock me. I'll just say this. I heard something in our camp where somebody said, yeah, we're going to go to the backfields and work on that. And you're like, you guys haven't been, you haven't been already? Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. what? I think what? it might have been the first thing I did the first week. But. I would have, how do you not get way ahead of, you know, uh, let's end on this. And and I don't know if this has ever been done, but uh, I was reading a report from our, our old friend, Shamanaya. You know, once an A, always an A. We love these guys. And Shamanaya with the Giants now, after going to driveline in the offseason, has gotten it up to 93-96, a fastball that he once had years ago that made him one of the top prospects. And when the A's got him, we were super excited getting this big kind of three-quarters flamethrower. And he had success with the A's, but the fastball was never there. But you go to driveline up there in the Pacific Northwest. You want to do it correctly to your biomechanics and everything. I mean, throwing harder is great, but if you hurt yourself, it doesn't help. It's, 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 it's being able to figure out how to maximize your velocity and do it in a healthy way, and a lot of guys will have success with this. Have teams ever thought about, you know what, why don't we round up our most important guys and send them as a group to driveline with our pitching coach and some of our pitching coaches and our pitching coordinator and our bullpen coach who's going to watch these guys pitch in the bullpen to get them ready, has an organization, because there's all kinds of these these places now, whether it's hitting or it's pitching, combo of both, has any team ever just said, you know what, we're going to really check out all this information and send our guys up to driveline as a team? Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the Dodgers just sent all their hitters there. Mookie Betts was up there, uh, you know, and he came back and he said the driveline told him uh, to put on 10 pounds. Uh, and uh, and so uh, Gavin Lux worked with weighted bats because weighted bats can offer bat speed the same way weighted balls can offer uh, arm speed for pitchers. Uh, so Gavin Lux added six six miles per hour of bat speed, which is huge. And if, if he capitalizes on that, you know, it's going to be really big for him this season. Um, and you know, teams definitely do send and not just the Dodgers teams definitely do send a lot of people there and they will send, uh, they will send like basically a coach that kind of, uh, makes sure that they implement their policies, but also yeah. it's a really good lab, but the best teams are trying to build their own drivelines, you know? So the Milwaukee Brewers built a whole uh, lab in Maryvale at their spring training facility, and th they have all their players go through the lab and uh, every there, there are more and more teams that have gas camps. Gas camps are basically weighted ball programs where you send all your young guys. It's usually something you do with recent draftees. You draft a guy. You say, oh, I like your command, but I want you two ticks harder. You know, go to gas camp and see what you can get. You know, uh, that's the Guardians draft philosophy is mostly like we're going to take guys with command, really good slider command, really good sliders. Uh, maybe they throw 90. And, you know, maybe they turn out to be Josh Tomlin or maybe they go to gas camp and they come out Shane Bieber. You know, that's 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 what the Guardians philosophy seems to be. Uh, the worst teams uh, don't send their people to driveline and also don't uh, invest in, in making their own driveline. So, you know, that's that's really one of the biggest separators in, in baseball right now that still exists. They're the best teams have their own labs and they've spent it all. And they have basically many drive lines at their own in their own facilities. The the middle teams send their people to two driveline type places. And then the bottom teams don't do any of it. I got to tell you, if you invite me to gas camp, I, I don't think I'm in. 
<laughs> I think we need to come up. I think we need to come up with a different name. Like, you hey, just you just need a bunch of beans or something. Like, hey, you want to go to gas camp? I'm like, no, I don't think that sounds like vacation to me. Yeah. yeah, but it's, uh, you know, weighted balls have proven efficacy. There's a, a guy named Coop Duren who did weighted balls and weighted bats uh, studies. And he's this is peer reviewed stuff that's been, you know, proven in, 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 by other trials. People have done his research again and found the same stuff. The one thing that people worry about uh, is injury with weighted balls. And there are some studies that suggest it raises injury rates. The one thing that none of those studies does that makes it difficult to believe their findings is that they didn't account for velo. So what happens is you use weighted balls, you throw harder, right? Well, what happens when you throw harder? You put more stress on your elbow and there are more injuries. So is it the weighted balls or is it the throwing harder? <laughs> and I don't know exactly how to do that, but I haven't seen a study that really uh, puts that together. Next time we talk to you, where will you be in Florida? Uh, probably, uh, Clearwater. Yeah. Checking out the Phillies or Dunedin checking out the Blue Jays. Uh, those are the kind, those are some fun teams. And if you're looking for other uh, fun young teams to, to get in on the ground floor, I like the Padres as like, a you know, like, can they finally overcome the Dodgers? That's a fun storyline to watch. Yeah. Uh, I like the Orioles as like, this is the beginning of the rebuild coming together. They've got a bunch of young position players coming up. They have a bunch of pitchers. They're about to get very exciting. And then I often watch the Rays uh, and the Blue Jays and the Phillies just because I find them as interesting teams that should be good and have very different approaches to putting a team together. Safe travels, my friend. Do we have our, uh, his outro? The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. A lot of beers on that flight to Florida. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see you. Thanks for having me. The great Eno Saris right here on A's Cast Live. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. 